Hi, and welcome to Canada Obscura. My name is Mary. I'm Shelly. And what the <laughs> fuck was that? I don't know. I thought we'd switch it up. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> this is a podcast where we cover all sorts of spooky, scary shit that goes down in Canada. Um, and that includes true crime, murder, um, ghost stories, hauntings, cryptids, etc. Um, each week, the format of the show is like we each get a story and then we present it, present, present it to each other. <laughs> And uh, we don't tell each other what it is beforehand, so you find out alongside. Except Mary Canada. tried to cheat this week. I did, but um, that's neither here nor there. Um, we, uh, just like as a blanket warning, first of all, we swear hi, in case you didn't figure that out. <laughs> uh, second of all, um, we do talk about some herring shit. So um, we try to be vigilant about um, posting, like, trigger warnings and shit each week. Uh, but generally, like, if you think that you're going to be affected by shit like murder sexual assault, rape, child abuse, torture, torture etc. You might want to come back another day. And below. I think that's yeah, okay. Anyway. Yeah. How are you, Shell? My neck is in pain. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I have chronic neck issues. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But it's there. It's probably my shitty as fuck posture. <laughs> also in high school I used to carry everything in my backpack. Yeah, so did even I. though I had a locker. Yeah. That didn't help. We yeah. Well I mean that's that's like a huge issue or a huge a theory as to why my back sucks. And it's just like a general lifelong shitty yeah. choices. <laughs> and also genetics. A big heaping pile of shit genetics just, just you know. I think yeah. I'm just, mine's just bad posture. Yeah. Well, it could yeah. be like just like general pinching too, right? Yeah, yeah, and also I need, I keep saying I need a new pillow. I, I keep telling everyone I need a new pillow. But like, yeah. I can't find a pillow that works. I was yeah. just telling Mary... If the pillow is too soft, then it's not supported enough, and I'm just, like, lying flat. But if it's too firm, then the pressure on the back of my head right. gives me a headache. Right. So either way, it leads to a headache. Yeah. A literal headache. Yeah. So I'm fucked. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. I also need new pillows, but I'm just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's something I was going to mention. I forget it. But anyway, I've been... I, I feel like every single time I'm on the podcast, I'm like, I've been sick. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've been sick the last week and a half. Um, I'm pretty sure a couple weeks ago in the episodes, you were also Yeah, well, sick. we, but you know what, in my defense, we recorded, like, five or six of them in one shot because I was doing those workshops, and I was sick yeah, through that yeah. week, and so it just seems like I've been sick for forever. Um, so the thing is, the last couple of years, I've been getting sick a lot, and, like, over and over and over again, and every single time I go to the doctors, they're like, they just take one peek at my throat, which will be, like, bright red, swollen and lumpy, with, like, little white colonies on it, which is disgusting. Um, it looks like cottage cheese, it's so gross. Uh. But, um, <laughs> they'll take one peek at it, they'll go, oh yeah, it's strep, and then they'll give me an antibiotic, and it, it'll always and start off. And the same thing, which is... Even if it was the same thing, giving you the same antibiotic just doesn't make any sense. And they, well, they, they start off with amoxicillin, and I'll be like, okay, fucking fine, I'll take it, and then I'll take it, and then it doesn't work, and then I'll go back, like, after two weeks and be like, I'm still fucking sick, and then they bump it up to the next level, and then they start to switch me out to different ones, because this kept happening over and over again. Um, when you and I were working together in, like, uh, winter of 2016 to, uh, like, first half of the year of 2017 or whatever, yeah. um... They just kept fucking, like, I yeah, was... Yeah, I remember. I, I went on, like, there was five separate times that I went on, like, the first round of antibiotics, which is incredibly bad. And then, yeah. like, three of those times, my quote-unquote strep throat turned into bronchitis, which, if you know anything about... That's not a thing. Strep throat does not turn into bronchitis. And, well, the thing is, I feel like they're not even checking the previous notes because, no. again, like, you know, my medical knowledge is somewhat limited mm -hmm. despite me being like having a bachelor of science yeah like medical stuff wasn't really my thing until recently but mm -hmm. even i know like you don't keep giving someone the exact same it antibiotic work. and every time i go back they go oh well maybe you just didn't get it all next last time and i'll be like but here's the well, thing like, oh fuck that was my phone <laughs> <laughs> um, she's very angry oh god i'm a mess i have dropped so much coffee today <laughs> like Anyway, um, coffee specifically, there is like a giant stain in my room now because in the carpet. Whoops. But anyway, um, yeah, no, and it was just like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And it's like, I, but I'm getting sick. I'm getting sick over yeah. and over again. And then I just stopped bothering going because like, it's not just, doing anything. It's not doing anything. It's probably making it worse actually because yeah. antibiotic resistance. And so the last couple, like uh, since the, like the last time I got sick 
that I took antibiotics was like summer of 2017, so about a year ago. And then I've been sick a number of times since Mm -hmm. with the same thing. And I just haven't bothered. But I got sick with it a couple weeks ago and it got like really bad. Yeah. Usually it just comes a little bit and I get a couple of symptoms. It goes away. It came back really bad. Like my throat was horrid. It was so giant. So I went to the doctor's. To, like, the same clinic that, like, I've, I've been going to two separate clinics. One's a walk-in, one's my actual family doctor. But I think I've said before on the podcast, yeah. seeing her is like winning the lottery. <laughs> um, so I just, I've been going to the walk-in clinic, and I've seen, I think, six separate doctors now about Oh, my this. God. So this guy took one peek at it, and he was like, that's not strep throat. Because I was like, I keep getting diagnosed with strep throat, but it doesn't go away. He looked at it, he's like, it doesn't even look like strep throat. Yeah. And I was like, but that's what everyone's been saying. And he's like, who's been saying that? And I was like, your colleague. <laughs> and he was like, oh, for oh. fuck's sake. But he's like, that it's it's obviously not strep throat because apparently the way that strep throat looks is like your tonsils will look like two strawberries at the back of the throat but as opposed to like the little black pit seeds in the strawberry it's like little white spots which is not what my throat looks like it looks like giant chunks of white yeah gross i know but um he's like well it looks like viral pharyngitis it doesn't look like strep it looks like viral pharyngitis Mm -hmm. but it was bad enough that he was like i would give you antivirals but antivirals are very harsh yeah and then on top of that he's like you've been given so many antibiotics i'm very very worried that if one day you were to get pneumonia or um what else do you say uh meningitis you'd get you'd be in a situation where you've become immune yeah and they won't work and he's like so i'm sorry <laughs> but you're gonna have to fight this on your own it's okay you're, gonna be you're asian you're used to walking it off Fuck yeah, right <laughs> But I've spent the last, like, it's coming up on two weeks now where I've just been, like, because ch- he's, like, no cold foods, no cold drinks, um, liquid, 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 like, uh. hot soup, hot tea. And he gave me, like, a few different, like, hot tea recipes to try out or whatever. So I've just been chugging obscene amounts of tea and drinking, like, fucking, like, uh, f- uh, okay, I love this Filipino soup called Sinigang. I made my own, like, busted-ass, like, fucking yeah. veggie version of it because I didn't want I didn't want pork in it and I didn't want a bunch of other ingredients. It was just, literally just, like, potatoes, celery, parsley, and the Sinigang mix, which is, like, hot and sour soup. It's so good. And I've been having ramen and miso, but because I'm... Hiccup. Because I'm consuming all that, I got salt blisters in my mouth oh, <laughs> all no. over. So it's just, whatever. I've just been in misery. But um, I'm finally feeling better. My body's still, like, under the weather, though, because I'm still exhausted and I'm needing an obscene amount of coffee, which I keep spilling everywhere. Um, <laughs> order to you're function. spilling more than you're drinking. I am. That's not true. It's so sad, though. I lost my, like, half of my McDonald's coffee. <laughs> we will miss you so. And I um, kept, she made another cup of coffee yeah. at home. And she was holding the mug, and I'm just watching it slosh around as she talks. And I'm like, Mary, it's sloshing. Mary, it's sloshing. And then, so, like, we kept it in the in the mug. Second I take my eyes off, she knocks it with her hand. I accidentally bent it and it got everywhere. And it's, fuck. Anyway, so that's that's been me the last couple of weeks. School started back up. Um, seems yeah. pretty cool. One of my, uh, I've only had two classes out of six so far, but one of my props seems really, really cool. I spoke to him. He, like, works at, like, some like some of the biggest stations in Canada mm-hmm. and so I was like yo my guy how do I get a job <laughs> you know like he's been really nice um but, and I get to see my favorite teacher tomorrow oh yeah I miss him he was so sweet like uh the last Nerd. school year I know but the last school year I've I, th- I think I've mentioned before that I've had I've dealt with a lot of shit in my life like a lot of really <laughs> awful shit recently yeah. um and he like I finally like I was working, 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 like, submitting stuff, submitting, um, like, try my best, and then I hit a wall where I was just, like, I had way too much to do elsewhere that mm-hmm. was riding on me, and then, like, I was trying to submit an assignment, and so I sent him an email, and I was, like, I am so sorry, like, this is gonna be shit that I'm submitting, <laughs> and I don't want you to think that this is, like, my work, my standard of work, like, I'm sorry, um, but this, 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 this is going on in my life and I'm just having difficulty focusing on it, whatever. And he sent me back the sweetest email, which I think I still have, being like, um, he, he was like, first of all, I'm shocked that you're still in school considering the things that he's like, I wouldn't even be going to school. Second of all, he's like, if this is what you're submitting when you are under so much stress and duress and you're still at the top of my class. <laughs> I can't imagine what you'd be submitting otherwise. And I was Aww. like, yeah, he was an absolute sweetheart. And he cut me a lot of slack. 
Um, I, I'm not going to say a lot because he did absolutely ride my ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he'd be like, come on, Mary. But he was also understanding. He, well, he, yeah. he did cut me a bit of slack a couple of times because I remember, like, there were times where I couldn't go to class because I was in and out of lawyers' offices and whatever. But then there was another time, like, once I was just late because I just fucking, like, slept in. And when I rolled in, he was like, is everything okay? And I was like, I'm gonna be real with you, chief. Like, I just slept in because I was supposed to present something and I would have lost 5%. He just gave me the 5% Aww. anyway because, like, I was, it, it was, it has been a shitty, like, like, it's been a shit year. Um, I've been rambling about fucking whatever, but. Oh, I also wanted, I was gonna, I was gonna spill some tea mm. on something school related. So I think I'm gonna do it on the podcast. I'm gonna not mention any specifics. Oh, just out of, yeah. I guess, quote, professional. Yeah. Well, my, um, my, sh- my story is literally like three sentences this time around. Okay. So go for it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> like we said last. So there was this girl in, in our, in our class and I mean, she's nice enough, you know, whatever. I mm-hmm. don't really talk with her, but my God, does she ask the stupidest questions <laughs> and she asks the kind of questions where it's either a, she's, she wasn't paying attention and it's not even like she's asking for clarification. It's just like. We literally just went over this. Yes. Like, pay it, get off Facebook. She's literally on Facebook the entire class. First yeah. of all, who even uses Facebook? I don't. I'm hipster, not like a. But I use she, the messaging app because it yeah, works better than texting. That's pretty much it. Surprisingly so, but. Yeah. But, like, she's never paying attention. She asks for repeated information or she asks just questions that make absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. And she's supposed to have already a science background. Yeah. This isn't someone who's coming straight from a high school or from, like, another um, area, like, where you don't have a science background. She's coming from a science background, although apparently I've heard rumors that she was actually on a- academic probation in uh, university. Well, that would make and sense. And barely skimmed by. That would make sense. And pretty much most of us hate her because she slows the class down, be, like, because the prof has to take time from going through something to answer this dumbass question that doesn't need to be answered. Yeah. Um, so... Apparently, she had spoken to someone high up in the program about one of our profs, and this prof that she's talking about is the sweetest, most lovely woman. She's, like, she she knows each student that, assuming, like, she actually teaches them a lot because she handles the labs and stuff, mm-hmm. so some classes, because it's a smaller lab, then she knows people by name and... Like, she knows who you are. Yes. She's super sweet. She's a huge nerd. And, like, totally, like, you know, she was, like, just all nerdy happy when she finally got to teach one class. Is Mary going to shuffle? Oh, shuffling. (laughs) Oh, God. And she's the kind of prof who, like, she will notice how you're, how you are in class. So, me and my group of nerdy friends... Because we've all had our science back, like a science degree. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the questions she asks in class, like, you know, kind of reviewing material, we're always the ones answering. Yeah. Because, and it's not like we do, I mean, I study, but like we have this background, right? So it's pretty easy for us. Yeah. And then there's certain people in the class, especially those who are straight out of high school, who are very shy. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of like calls them out, but not in a way that's like, like picking on you it's like you guys need to step up because it's yeah. it is a pretty intense program if we yeah. didn't have a science background we would have been fucked yeah so like she's that kind of person who's like i see that you are not you know pushing yourself as hard and i want you to push yourself harder yeah because, and so she's absolute sweetheart okay yeah this bitch oh no the girl yeah goes to someone high up in the program and complains that that prof is favoring students. Oh, my God. And she's saying how she's, like, not being... She felt she wasn't being favored and, like, it was unfair to her. Although, like, honestly, she wasn't even even in any of our, like, labs in the second semester. I don't... I'm not even sure if she had that prof as a lab TA. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it was in college. I don't remember. And we're like... She, that prof better not be actually getting into trouble. Yeah. For this, because, and this girl is so incompetent, like, literally everyone else is like, is she done complaining yet? Like, she's apparently, <laughs> again, because I don't speak with her, um, but apparently she's constantly complaining about basically her own inadequacies. Like, right. Uh, 
it's terrible. But anyway, that was my oh my. Team. We had a couple like that in um in my classes, but I actually, for those of you who don't know me, um, <laughs> I'm. I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm I'm friendly and I try to make a point to be friends with everybody because I was bullied heavily Aww. when I was in elementary and in high school. Uh, less A bit less so in high school, but more so elementary. And I know what it's like to be like the outcast and what yeah. it's like to be alone. So Same. I try my hardest to include everybody and be nice to everybody. And it's landed me in trouble a few times because <laughs> some people we'll misread that oh. as me like showing interest in them or whatever. Yeah. Um, it will, because when you and I worked together and I was at a different location, like... Oh, yes, I, I remember later, this. <laughs> yeah, I later found out that I was, like, the glue that held everyone together. And yeah. that was, that wasn't my wording. Like, I'm not that fucking in love with myself. Like, <laughs> a number of my, of our coworkers said that because, like, they all just... Because dis- I used to bring everybody together. We'd have lunch together, yeah. sit together, do everything together. And then after left, they all disbanded. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's so sweet. But, um... <laughs> But you're more I, social than a lot of them are, so, like, you yeah. kind of reach out, whereas they Oh, just... yeah, I could make... It's terrible. I can make conversation with a brick wall. Um, <laughs> I will find something to talk about. But uh, these two... The thing is, if you piss me off, it's not that I'm... I, I'm not mean, but if you're being a dick, I will call you out on it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I am very much a type of person to be like, fucking shut up. Like, you're being awful. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a couple people in my classes. There's one guy in particular who thought that being in video production meant that he gets to watch movies and critique them and do oh. fucking nothing else. Yeah. And it was everybody else's fault but his. At one point, like, he was being awful to one of my profs. And I loved this prof so mm-hmm. much. Absolute sweetheart would go to the ends of the earth to help you. Yeah. And he just would show up late to the class, leave, like, after 20 minutes. He would interrupt the class all the time. He'd be Ugh. sitting in the back. I called him and his friend the peanut gallery because they would just sit there snickering and, like, making awful yeah. comments and, like, whatever about the content and be like, oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> um, but would have no idea what the fuck they're doing. No. So then, like, uh, when he realized that he was failing, he's not there anymore, by the way. Mm. His yeah, friend he told he, me. Yeah, he, he definitely failed out. But, um... His friend's still there, and she's all by herself now because they they alienated themselves from everyone. But anyway, mm-hmm. so he was like, he put his hand up in this class in front of the prof and was like, my mom is coming, and she's going to talk to you. And then Oh I, my god, this is like some Draco Malfoy bullshit. Like, okay, well, she could see me after class, and he was like, nope, she's going to be here by 4 o'clock, and she's going to talk to you. And I just turned around, and like, the class had gone quiet. I turned around, and I was like, did you did you seriously just get your mommy to come in and talk to the prof? <laughs> and he was just like, uh, and I was like, you do realize that you're an adult, and you're an adult institution, right? Yeah. And like, whatever. And like, I've called him out a number of times where he'd be making like, comments, I'd turn around My and be like, My father will well, hear about this. Because he's like, oh, this is stupid. Then I'll turn around and be like, okay, then why are you failing? Yeah. You know? Because, like, he'd, he'd tell everybody, he's like, oh, I failed, but I don't understand because, like, I know everything. And I turn around and be like, and they blame no, it on you the prof. don't. The prof doesn't uh, like anyway. me. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I can't be a bitch that way. Anyway, 20 minutes in. Yay! Of us bitching! Yes. <laughs> um, my story, okay, last, last podcast, we were like, it'll be short. And it was like an hour and a half. This time it, tr- my, my, my thing is truly short. Um, Mine is not that short, though. Okay. So... Right, but we might have to cut some of our bitching out. That's okay. <laughs> um, so what I'm doing it is I'm doing it on a cryptid, which is my first cryptid on the show. Yay! Hey! There's not much more left. That was almost harmonized. That was yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm doing it on Old Yellow Top. Um, so Old Yellow Top was like a a sas. I was gonna say Saskatoon. No, Saskatoon. <laughs> a Sasquatch like creature that was seen several times around cobalt ontario which is about five hours north from here okay and it's supposed to be seven feet tall <laughs> um, that's a full two feet well not a full two feet but almost a full two feet taller than us true yeah um but Do anyway you know how sad that is? i know we're fucking short <laughs> but um so the canadians the canadian locals gave it the name old yellow top because it had a blonde patch of hair no. on its head that's kind of adorable i know and so, um, people who have seen Old Yellow Top, um, say that it looks a lot like a Sasquatch. However, the, um, it has a, like, aside from the blonde patch of hair on its head, it had a light colored mane as well. So it was just like a little blonde patch and then like the rest of it is just like light colored. Um, I know it, it, just, it looks like, you know, yeah, anyway. Um, so the alleged sightings have taken place over 64 years. Um, the first being September of 1906 and then again in July 1923, and then um, 
again in April 1947. And then the last time it was seen was August 4th, 1970, um, by like a group of people. It was 27 miners of cobalt load mining and they were driving down a road. Oh, I thought you you meant miners like children. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Miners like, like fucking like, yeah, uh, what, what? hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work, there we go. Anyway. Um, I'm sure actual miners did not appreciate that. No, no. <laughs> But um, from, yeah, from Cobalt cobalt Load Mine. Fuck me, I can't fucking talk today. And uh, they were driving down a road when the creature walked across the road in front of them, causing the driver to lose control and nearly plunge down a rock cut. Oh my god. Yep. That's it. <laughs> That's old yellow top. <laughs> that was actually like three sentences. I literally, yeah, it was super short. So... Okay. Well, I guess it worked out. How that That's okay. Was, my next step. That my, was a minute and a half. Yeah, I know. That's I amazing. Know. That's but okay. Here's the thing. We, um, most of the cryptids, because I was looking into it earlier while we were hanging out here, mm-hmm. um, most of the cryptids are either other sea creatures, which you've already done, the o- Ogopogo or whatever. Uh, no, that was the Lake Ontario. One. Yeah, Ogopogo but they're, they're, all, they're all lake Similar, monsters. Similar, yeah. They're all lake monsters. And then there's Old Yellowtop, and then there's a possibly extinct bear that is a bear, but possibly extinct. <laughs> I was so like, not okay. really, not really a cryptid. No. So really, it was just, so uh, that yeah. is almost the conclusive list of cryptids in Canada. <laughs> so yeah, I tied that off. All right, <laughs> on to you. Okay. So um, this one's a pretty heavy one. Yeah. This is. Do we the... need any preemptive warnings? Uh... I will give, I, I put a note down for the trigger warning for the exact moment where I know it could be Oh my god, that is very... long. Oh my god. Ooh, lordy. Okay. Yeah, because I was fortunate to find the, um, agreed statement of facts in the actual court oh, case. shit. So, there was a lot of information that I pulled. This was actually, um, this was all over the news when it happened, and there's been follow-ups, not follow-ups because the case is closed, but, like, mm-hmm. kind of mem- memorials. Mm-hmm. Um, in the newspaper afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the case of Cecilia Zhang. I think it's technically Zhang, Zhang. but because yeah. I'm reading in English, I can't switch between the, the correct pronunciation oh, in English. Yeah. It's weird to me. So I'm just going to pronounce it the white person way, <laughs> despite me being Chinese. But it's also in Mandarin, so yeah. I don't speak Mandarin. Anyway, so Cecilia was born on March 30th, 1994 in the Jiangsu province in China. Uh, her parents were Raymond Zhang, Zhang um, yeah. and Sherry Zhu, Shu. I think it's technically Shu. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I'm not going to keep doing that. I'm just going <laughs> to pronounce it the white way. Commit. Commit. <laughs> um, and they moved to Toronto in 1998. So Raymond became employed as a programmer. And, oh, she, the mom seems like such a sweetheart. She taught ESL and computer courses for... Um, Chinese students who were coming on student visas. Oh. And at the time, um, she the family was running basically like a boarding house, specifically targeting other Chinese uh, students on visas. Okay. Because they spoke Mandarin, they're from China. Yeah. And, you know, like it kind of creates a more, a better sense of familiarity. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think I also read that uh, Sherry at the time was also in the process of starting a immigration consultation service so like seem like absolutely outstanding people yeah serving Um, community etc etc yeah Yeah, so like they were they were liked in the community there was you know nothing um negative said about the family yeah and cecilia was described as an incredibly sweet girl she loved animals and nature so she and her dad would take like nature walks and um she said that she wanted to become a vet and there was this was the actually the victim impact statement from the court case from the yeah. sentencing. Um, she was quoted by her parents as saying like, you know, she wants to become friends with all the animals in the world. Oh. And she said like she wants to find a way where we can have meat without having to kill animals. <laughs> because she's like she under but she was a child, so yes. she understands the need for that balanced diet and et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, why meat is important, but she also wants to like save animals. Please hold for, I am getting a phone call from my father. My parents are the most annoying creatures. <laughs> They're, it's like having my own children. You have experienced this today. You've seen it for yourself. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, please continue. Um, 
so in 2000, in 2003, mm-hmm. um, Cecilia was attending Seneca Hill Public School in fourth grade, and she was in a program for gifted children. So she was incredibly smart, even yeah. at fourth grade. That's She was nine, nine. years old. Nine, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, on October 20th, 2003, she was reported as missing. Okay. So her parents went into her bedroom that morning to wake her so that she could go to school, only to find that she wasn't there. Yeah. Um, two days later, there was actually another note I made in here, but that comes later. Anyway. Yeah. Um, two days later, police released a statement indicating that they do believe Cecilia was still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this was not a random attack. So kind oh, of just to yeah. mitigate panic, right? Because yeah. you're like, oh no, there's like a predator and stealing no, children. this stuff's like, like, it's a, what? What's the percentage? Is a high percentage is usually somebody yeah. that's very targeted, like 97% yeah. or something like that, yeah. Um, by then, the media had begun speculating that Cecilia was, in fact, abducted for ransom. Jeez. Um, the Zhang's neighbors actually set up a fund to reward anyone who provides information leading to her safe return, um, which grew to $15,000. Mm. And then police also promised a additional $50,000 um, for her safe return. Yeah. And obviously this was the shocking abduction of a young child from her own home. This yes. wasn't like, this was in the middle of the night because the parents went into her room in the morning and she was gone. Yes. She wasn't walking home from school, wasn't out playing. This was, she was taken from her bedroom. Yeah. Um, so this was all over the media. So some people might remember this case. I mean, it was about 15 years ago. So it was a while ago, but. Oh, three? 2003? 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. October. Um, and. The story and Cecilia's parents also appeared on America's Most Wanted Jeez. to try and get more attention yeah. and more tips. And 13 new tips were given to the police. I don't remember seeing how those tips panned out. Okay. Um, because I do have information on the actual investigation itself. Right. Um, so this was December of 2003. By January, police are beginning to rule out money as the motive. Because by that point, the reward pool had grown to $165,000. And there was no information leading anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, it dropped back down to 65000 because a number of donations to this reward pool, um, they were being canceled because nothing was coming out right. of it. And uh, I think it was like the donations were like set to expire. I don't know how that works. Okay. But basically, it was going to be set to expire by around Lunar New Year, so probably February. Okay. Um, despite this, Raymond, the dad, um, offers $200,000 for the safe return of his daughter. Okay. And he said he's going to just mortgage his home to be able to pay oh. that. Because it's his daughter. Yeah. I think she, she's an only child yeah. as well. So, um, unfortunately... March 24th, 2004, at around 1.45 p.m., a resident of Mississauga was walking their dog in the woods. Of course. And was alerted to an area in the woods. Um, He went to investigate and found skeletal remains. Yeah. So the body was extremely decomposed, and it was clear that it had been there for a very long time. Yeah. It was a very secluded area, and if not for the dog, the remains might not have been found yeah. like, for a long, long time. Yeah. I'm going to interject with a funny side story because we're talking about something heavy. Yeah. Um, so at school, in university, we had a crime scene house for the forensics kids. Yeah. And basically this was like where we simulated crime scenes and had the forensic students, us, <laughs> yeah. split up into like investigative teams and process a scene. Yeah. We did, we did different things, um, and they got a better, bigger crime scene house the year we stopped. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, but it's, it's a sketchy looking house. Yeah. The, the original one. And I don't remember, this was a story I heard from one of the profs. I don't remember if, like, which project it was, but there were some, like, animal remains that were buried for either a decomp study or, um, to teach, like, forensic archaeology like the excavation of remains Mm -hmm. and um they just left it buried there i think it was like over the weekend or something for the students to come back on monday and a woman was walking her dog and trespassing onto the crime scene house dog of course smells the animal remains Uh, of course starts pawing at the area she kind of like digs it or something or like moves the dirt finds bones 
panics, calls the police. Oh, no. It's animal bones. Yeah. And... You're on my, private property. You're on, hey, I think... I don't remember if... She was. She probably got a warning for trespassing. Oh, yeah. Um, But it's also like, A, you're on private property. Although, I mean, I guess if you actually did discover a crime scene, then that probably takes precedence. But she mm. did not discover a crime scene. She discovered a simulated crime scene for a forensics program at the nearby university that's across the street. Yeah. And on top of that, too, the police are very well familiar with you, like, the, the school yeah. and, like, uh, with how it, it's, like... Yeah. With like, the crimes, uh, we crime got, out there. And we they... had, um, like, guest lecturers. One of mm-hmm. my profs was actually a retired detective, a homicide yeah. detective yeah. from um, that region's police. So Our security is run from a retired, uh, I think, sergeant or something from the oh. Toronto police, too. Huh. Yeah. And then, like, the the way that they do the EMS, sir, uh, the, the emergency medical team... Yeah, um, training there because like you get your diploma through there or yeah, whatever yeah. is like done through like the police services and all. yeah. So they're more than well aware and like <laughs> if they come and they're like that looks like a fucking pig skeleton. It does not look like a human skeleton. Also, you're on this land that is very clearly owned by the university and the students are right over there. Well, it's not sure. it's not like clearly owned, but it's it's clearly fenced off. Like yeah. if there's no other houses around it. Yeah. On the like if you were to go on that road, it's. It's yeah. an old house. But you know what? I commend the woman for she probably thought that she actually yeah. found something traumatizing. Yeah, like, but yeah. it was also kind of hilarious because yeah. I'm I'm sure the police officers were like, "Ma'am, that's a pig skull." <laughs> Ma'am, like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you want to go back to terrible? Yes. Um. Well, I mean, no, but yes. Well, I mean, there's this is this doesn't come as a surprise. Dental records confirm that the re- remains do in fact belong to Cecilia Zhang. Yes. Um, unfortunately, the remains were too badly decomposed for a cause of death to be determined. Jeez. Yeah. Because, um, this was March of 2004. She disappeared in October of 2003. Yeah. So it's been uh, four months. God, yeah. Because if it was, like, a soft tissue injury versus, like, if it was a clear, like, stabbing that that took place in the ribcage, you could tell, but, like... Yeah, yeah. but soft tissue, like, Like, decomposition and scavengers, that mucks everything up. Not to mention, like... Um, this would have been spring, so the freezing and thawing yeah. would have messed everything up oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they couldn't... Actually, I'm gonna go into that. So, what actually did happen? Sorry. Continue, but... Okay. <laughs> Shuffling, sorry. So, as I previously said, the Zhangs were running a rented house to Chinese visa students. Mm-hmm. Um, so how the house was, and I actually Google Street viewed the house just because I was like, what on earth does this house look like? So they actually had two basement levels. Yeah. And then they had three floors, three above ground floors. So most of the rent- rented rooms were in the two basement levels. Mm-hmm. And then the family lived on the above ground floors. Yeah. Um, so like the main floor was your your living room, kitchen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And then second floor, there were three bedrooms and the third floor has the master bedroom. Okay. So, um, yeah, like, it. I mean, the, the home was close to Seneca College. Yeah. And actually, it's about 15 minutes away from me. Uh, like, Seneca College is right by where you and I used no, to work? No, not that one. Not, not that campus. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> the other one. In North York. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But this is still about 15 minutes away from me. Yeah, okay. Um, and so... From time to time, because there were, like, it was only just um, Sherry, Raymond, and Cecilia that were living there. Mm-hmm. So the two other bedrooms in that second floor were sometimes rented out to female students. Mm-hmm. Um, although most of the students were usually in the basement level. And there, there's an entrance outside the house that goes into the basement level, like the tenant levels. Okay. And there was a door um, that would lead to the main area, but it's almost always kept locked. Okay. Yeah, so tenants wouldn't be able to get into the main area unless they either lived on the second floor. Okay. Or, like, they were invited in, right. obviously. Right, yeah. Um, so, before Cecilia had took up the room that she lived in, there was actually a female student who was living there for 18 months. Um, and then, at the time of her... So, I think she moved out about six months before Cecilia's disappearance. Mm-hmm. And at the time of Cecilia's disappearance... Um, so she had moved into that bedroom and then there was another female student who was living in one of the, the bedrooms and it says that she was actually like, she went there to live as a student and she became really close friends with 
um, the family. Okay. And then um, Cecilia's grandfather was visiting from China, so he was taking up the third bedroom. Okay. Um, and so on October 19th, which was the day before her disappearance was discovered, um, it was fairly uneventful. Cecilia's yeah. parents and her grandfather left in the morning to go fishing, and Cecilia was left in the care of Kitty Wu. Uh, she was that female tenant who lived in the adjacent bedroom. Okay. Um, and then they got, like, her parents and grandfather returned at around 8 p.m., at which time Kitty left to hang out with her friends. Um, Cecilia apparently went to bed at around 10. Um, her parents went to bed at 11.30, and then Kitty came back around, like, 11.40-ish. Okay. So, at that point, nothing odd. Yeah. Um, according to Cecilia's grandfather, he heard the sound of walking someone walking outside in the hall. Okay. Like, outside of his room. Uh, but he didn't get up to investigate, because, like, he's living in a house full of people. Yeah. Right? He used to be getting up to pee. Yeah. Getting glass water. Um, and according to Kitty, she heard tapping that seemed to come from the wall that separated hers and Cecilia's room. Okay. But she also said that she's heard it times before, and I'm assuming that um, Cecilia's bed was pressed up against the wall, because she said she assumed it was just the sound of, like, her hand or whatever knocking against the wall. Right, she moved. yeah. So she also didn't get up to investigate. Um, now, one of the students who rented in the ba- one of the basement rooms later told authority that she woke early that morning because she felt cold. She went into the hallway and noticed that the side entrance door that led to the basement from outside of the house, um, it was usually unlocked, but it was closed. Um, it was open. Okay. She noticed that it was open. Yeah. And her boyfriend also confirmed that the door, although not locked, was definitely closed when they, like, went to bed last night. Yeah. So around 7 a.m. on the morning of October 20th, Cecilia's mother's phone started ringing. She answered, but no one said anything on the other line and she heard a female voice in the background but it, she couldn't understand what they were saying right so because she runs this like rental home basically she figured maybe it was a prospective like tenant yeah because her number is published in the ads yeah right so she didn't really think anything of it um although this call was eventually traced by police to a payphone in brampton by a tim's oh shit at 7 a.m in the morning that's very busy yeah there is no way you can tell who's calling yeah um so Sherry, the mom, went back to sleep and then was awakened by another call um, less than an hour later, but it stopped ringing before she could pick up. This call was traced to a payphone at the Greenway Country Market in Brampton. Okay. Um, there, when police went there to investigate, there was a sign saying area subject to video surveillance. But surprise, there yeah. was no video yeah. surveillance. Yep. So, yeah, so they got nothing from that. And then shortly after, Sherry heard her father um, calling from the kitchen, and he told her that he found the kitchen window open, and the screen was bent outwards. Uh-oh. Um, there was also a visible shoe print on the kitchen counter. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, so they noticed that the door separating the tenant's area, like the basement area, from the family area was actually unlocked, which it should be locked. Yeah. They went into Cecilia's room... She was in there. And she wasn't there. They searched the house. She was nowhere to be found. They went to her school thinking, okay, maybe she went to school by herself. Although it didn't say so in the um, any of the articles or the agreed statement of facts, but that would seem unusual because her parents were reported as being fairly protective. Like, mm. she wasn't really allowed to play outside by herself. Yeah, but when someone's missing, your brain goes to the ends of the yeah. earth, being like, "What if? What if? What if? What if? What yeah, if?" Yeah, like, well, they don't want it to be. They're checking all their the avenues worst, before. Yes, the worst yeah. case scenario. But of course, when she went, when they went to the school, she wasn't there. Yeah, and the staff were like, "Okay, if she's not there when you get home, call the police." Yeah, and that's what they did. So pretty much immediately upon receiving the report of um, Cecilia being missing, Toronto Police Service began their search so they interviewed all occupants of the zhang home now because it was a boarding house they had like a total of 400 fingerprints yeah it was a lot yeah and if you've ever had to do fingerprint like analysis oh my eyes cross yeah um because it's not like in the tv shows where it's like the computer just scans and it matches you have to actually mark individual things yeah and then the computer pulls information based on your marking yeah um so yes your eyes crossed uh, they canvassed the entire neighborhood as well. 
And during this time and any time after, no ransom demand was made. Okay. So the police could not figure out why on earth Cecilia was being adopted. Yeah. Was abducted. Yeah. Um, so because they had no idea what was going on, they issued an Amber Alert. Um, Those things are terrifying. Yeah. Well, because it's a child. Yeah, it's, man. It's, it's awful. Um, hopefully, usually it leads to a safe return. But, yeah, but not always. Well, we already know what happens here. Oh, yeah. Um, so investigators focused on the kitchen window, which was a kind of obvious point of entry. Yes. Um, and they also looked at the unlocked door to the tenant's area and also the open side door, uh, which was determined to be an exit point because it would have been like the door would have been locked between the family area and the tenant area. Like it yeah. would have been locked from the family area, right? Yeah. So you can't get in from the tenant area. Um, they reconstructed the breaking and entering, showing that once the like the screen from the window was pried away, you could easily slide open the window. Jeez. Like it wasn't a locked kind of window, yeah. I think. Or maybe they didn't lock it. Yeah. Um, apparently the window was about eight feet off the ground, so that's about two meters. So like you would have to do a bit of a climb. Yeah. Um, so I guess like the family assumed, you know, like what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, forensic investigation of the window reviewed fingerprints on the edge of the window screen. Okay. So this was where they pulled out the screen from the window frame. Um, They also found a fingerprint on the outer surface of the left window, which was consistent with the attempt to like try and slide it. Right. I'm making hand motions to demonstrate to Mary. Um, Also, this, this was my side note. Because this was pulled from an agreed statement of facts, which is basically like both sides, both the both the defendant and the um, the victim side, I guess. Plaint- well, that's in like a civil case, but true. Um, yeah, both the accused and the plaintiff. I can't remember what the criminal term for it is, but basically the prosecution side they agree like this is what happened. There's no, we're not going to be cross examining on this um, because it's an agreed statement of facts. Yeah, but. In the state, I just wanted to point this out because I'm a fucking nerd. Um, it said suggesting that the window was, they tried to slide the window open. And if it was testimony, you, an expert would not want to say suggesting. Yes. You would say consistent with. Yeah. Because otherwise you're, you're like putting too much weight on it. Yeah. Because something could be consistent with something, but it doesn't necessarily mean what you're saying. Right. Is what it's indicating indicative of yeah um just a side note yeah um i put the original wording of suggesting would have been sketchy tbh (laughs) true yeah uh there was also a palm print found on the right window where it wrapped around the edge with the fingers like on the inside oh okay so it showed that this is how they they reached in and was able to open the window last hand there yeah um so that was likely how they got entry. Mm -hmm. Um, And I put, in other news, lifting fingerprints is actually fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah, you think it looks easy, right? You just, first of all, you can't have too much dust on the little brush Mm -hmm. because then you're just like... (laughs) Yeah, and you cover it all. Yeah, and you can't have too little because obviously you need You won't be able to see shit, Um, yeah. But on anything that's not like a flat surface, air bubbles in the fingerprint tape... Uh, is a bitch and you also have to pull the tape off in a way that you consistently pull all the dust off right so that you're not like "Eh, eh," yeah yeah, yeah. um because that was our little surprise when we tried pulling fingerprints from like beer bottles and stuff oh yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. it was a lot harder than it seems in in the movies well i mean yeah because it's all just like oh fucking i'm gonna use my luminol i actually put in all caps in my notes air bubbles in the tape angry face yeah because that that was an issue too anyway back to seriousness (laughs) yeah um police also found a kitchen knife at the fence line near the rear corner of the house and a fingerprint was found on the tip of this knife um, and that fingerprint matched a fingerprint found on the corner of the wall of the s- stairs. Blah, 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 blah. Same. Of the stairs leading up to the second floor where Cecilia's room would have been. Okay. So whoever dropped the knife or last held the knife also went up the stairs. Right. S- smacked your laptop. How dare you? You hate Max anyway. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, so at the time, police were unable to match the fingerprints to any database. Yeah. So, when Cecilia's body was discovered, um, 
Police found no clothing on or near her body, although it was established that Cecilia, out of habit, did sleep naked. Okay. Um, so this wasn't necessarily, like, indicative of sexual assault or anything. Right. Um, especially if, you know, they knew that she was pulled at night. Yeah. Um, they also found a shovel several feet away, and markings in the dirt near the remains indicated that there may have been an attempt to bury the body. Oh, but the dirt in that area was so hard packed that like it would have just taken forever. Okay, yeah. So it looked it looked like Well, she also disappeared during a time where it most likely would have been frozen too. Or at least very It would very have been cold. cold. Yeah, it yeah. was October, late October. Yeah. Um so again, postmortem could not determine cause of death, and there was no evidence of sexual assault due to the extreme level of decomposition. Right. Um and toxicology had ruled out drugs, although depending on the timing, I mean, certain drugs right. wouldn't be in the system anymore. Right. Like, it depends on how long she was alive yeah. after the potential drugging, right? Um, they also couldn't determine, like, how, when, or where she died. Like, like there at was, all at all? There was no forensic evidence oh, in that fuck. respect. Yeah, and they, they had, like... Forensic pathologists, multiple pathologi- pathologists, yeah, and a forensic anthropologist, um, and they couldn't figure it out. Fuck, there was just there just wasn't anything nothing. Left. Yeah, she's just a pile of bones, and that's it. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I imagine there's some soft tissue left, but not much. No, not um, after four months. No, no. In and it was by a ravine. December, too. January, February, March. Five months, even. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, it was by a ravine too. Yeah. So. Um, so in the course of the investigation, Toronto Police Service interviewed many people. Like, they kind of talked to anyone who could have had access to the house, yeah. anyone related to anyone else living in the house. Yeah. Um, they collected fingerprints, DNA samples, and also, uh, consent for cell records. Um, after the discovery of Cecilia's body, Toronto Police Service joined with Peel Region Police Service because her body was found in the Peel Region. Right, in Brampton. Um, and they basically had, like, a task force. She's found in Brampton? Mississauga. Mississauga. Right. Yeah. Okay, there we go. But the calls were made from Brampton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, police gathered... Or, oh, I read that already. Um, police contacted the female visa student who used to occupy Cecilia's room because, again, yeah. they were looking at anyone who could have had any connection. Yeah. And she told police that while she lived there, she was constantly, not constantly, but she was sometimes visited by another Chinese visa student, Min Chen. Um, so she provided his cell phone number just so that they can... Yeah. It was, Again, they were just casting a wide net. This person's a guy? Spoiler alert! Yeah. <laughs> so Min Chen, or... Yeah, uh, he was born in Shanghai on January 30th, 1983. At the time that Cecilia went missing, he was only 20 years old. Okay. His mother was a police officer in Shanghai. Oh. And his father is an airline executive. Okay. So he came to Canada about 2.5, two and a half years <laughs> um, before to study at Seneca College, uh, where he befriended that female student who lived in Cecilia's yeah. now room. Yeah. Then room. You yeah. That's what I mean. Um, so Min Chen apparently only knew Raymond and Sherry by name, but he had seen Cecilia twice when he was visiting his friend. Yeah. Um, after his friend moved out six months before Cecilia went missing, he apparently had, he just, that's the only reason he was there was to visit his friend. Yes. Um, and just, I don't know, this isn't really related, but like it, they were just friends. There wasn't any weird relationship between them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because they were kind of, they were studying at the same school and they were both Chinese visa students. So right. that happens. Um, so Min Chen cooperated with police and he provided fingerprints, DNA samples, and consent for the release of his cell records. Okay. And unfortunately for him, fortunately-ish, I guess, as fortunate as it gets for Cecilia's family, on June 1st, 2004, Detective Paul Black of the Peel Region Police Service, Forensic Forensic Investigation Bureau. Same. It's the FIB, not the FBI. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just just saying that. Um, Yeah. So he identified eight latent fingerprints. So, since I'm in forensics, or was, um... Latent fingerprints means the ones that you can't see. Okay. Yeah, so it's the ones that you have to dust for, basically. Right, okay. Um, he identified eight latent fingerprints and partial palm prints taken from the scene as belonging to Min Chen. Now, without context, this doesn't really mean anything because he's been to the house before. And that's over a year later. 
from put when uh, about six months since he last visited. Because when they took oh, the prints. Oh, because she went missing in 03 yeah. and they found her in 04. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So, this, I mean, the thing is, depending on where the prints are located, like, your prints can stay for a long as fuck time. Yeah. Um, but context is very important. His prints were the ones that were found on the windows. Oh, God. On the right edge of the window screen, outside of the left window. Um, the one that's wrapping around the window. Yeah. To show that it was basically being open it also matched the print on the knife which also matched the print on the wall and that was one in the corner tucked away like that yeah yeah like dropped there so if you can guess he's now suspect number one obviously shortly after police gained authorization to intercept and basically put him under surveillance um, yeah. his private communications as well as some of his associates mm-hmm. uh, they learned that he had come to canada quote at great expense to his parents because they were basically financing the whole thing. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, he was failing his studies, and he was worried that he would lose his student visa and, quote, would be forced to return to China in shame. Okay. Um, his finances were also depleting fast, and they discovered that shortly before Cecilia's disappearance, um, one of Min's associates had arranged for a, quote, marriage of convenience. Oh, God. Um, for himself, not for Min. Yeah. Um at the cost of $25,000 in order to secure permanent residency. So Min Chen had the same desire. He wanted to stay in Canada. Right. Um, and they discovered that prior to Cecilia's disappearance and continuing after uh, the discovery of her body, Min Chen was actually involved in, quote, preparation of or actual involvement in unrelated nonviolent illegal activities with some of his associates, associates, to basically try and get that money. Yes. So he yeah. was doing sketchy shit. Yeah. For the marriage, which yeah. is also sketchy. Yeah. Um, and they confirmed with him and his friends that he was actually familiar with the Credit River, which was near the park where Cecilia was found. Okay. Um, and in fact, they like know that particular spot. Like they've been fishing there and okay. picnicking there. Um, so some of Min Chen's close associates were also investigated and they did agree to undergo polygraph examinations. Mm -hmm. Intercepted communication between Chen and these friends' associates revealed that he was nervous about the tests and the investigation. Um, But, you know, his friends were like, whatever. Yeah, I don't fucking care. I didn't do shit. Yeah, they had nothing to do with it and I don't think they knew he had anything to do with it. Yeah. So in July, um, I guess Chen was starting to get pretty nervous. He actually called... Uh, Peel police and asked if he would have to go or if he would be asked to undergo a polygraph test and the police took this opportunity to arrange a meeting with him to discuss the investigation yeah um so on july 12th detective doug grosier i think met with chen and in their recorded uh, conversation detective told chen that he was their prime suspect and they were arranging for a forensic examination of his car jeez so if you can guess, the reason that they did this was because they wanted to catch him doing something oh, sketchy to yeah. try and get rid of evidence. Yeah. So he was being surveilled, obviously. Yeah. Two days after the meeting, Chen visited 14 different car care places in two hours <laughs> to try and replace the trunk liner of his car. Oh, shit. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you were like, you could play it off as like, oh, no, I just, it was just due for cleaning if you just went to one place or two. Or when he went to right? 14. 14 in two hours. And were they turning him away? I think they just maybe were full or something. Oh, I don't you know. you need to book an appointment. We can't just Talk. replace the lining that easy. You have to actually pre-order yeah. it, blah, blah, blah. We don't have it pre- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, because this was obviously the last minute thing. He was panicking. Yeah. Um, And he actually finally left the liner at one, one car detailing place to be cleaned. He went to a gas station that had a vacuum to try and clean his trunk. Fuck. So, fearing the loss of evidence, um, police went to that cart detailing place and was like, Hand it over. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Um, And then they actually replaced it with a similar looking liner so that he couldn't tell that they had taken it. Right. I'm not sure. I guess if they had a warrant for it, it doesn't fucking matter. No. Um, Well, it's also like if they're willing to give it over, they're willing to give it over, right? Well, I think, I don't know, because if you were in a car... Because the property doesn't belong to the car place. Yeah. 
It belongs to him, but... Yeah, but if they had a warrant for it, yeah. and at that point, they were probably on the phone with a judge, like you see in the TV shows, being like, that car's about to be cleaned. Yeah. Um, so they, the investigation did reveal a stain that was cleaned with an ammonia-based solvent, but there wasn't any actual evidence linking Cecilia to um, Chen's car. Okay. Yeah, so it was kind of... Although, on July 21st, he was still arrested because that was incriminating as fuck. Yes. <laughs> like, could you be any sketchier? I know. Fucking idiot. Um, again, though, he was only 20. Oh, yeah. He was he was panicking. Yeah. So, Chen did confess that in the early hours of October 20th, he kidnapped Cecilia Zhang oh, for God. ransom. God. He claims that he never meant to hurt or kill her. He had hoped to just receive the ransom and return her to her family. Um... There's a big however coming up. He, well, he was kind of an idiot, if, if this is true. Yeah. Um, so he allegedly proceeded without any kind of preparation, which was kind of obvious. Oh, God. He didn't have any disguise, no weapons, no tools, and clearly not even gloves. Yeah. Um, he didn't even have, like, a predetermined place to hold Cecilia while waiting for the ransom. He kind of imagined he would keep her in the trunk of his car get the ransom, and return her all within a day. Oh, my God. This kid had, literal kid, had no idea what he was no, doing. No, he's just been watching too much TV. And thinks he can get away with yeah. it. Yeah. And that it's just that easy. It's shuffling he, of money over. Yeah, and he assumed that there wouldn't be any police involvement because usually, you know, the parents are like, well, if we involve the police, they might kill her. And again, TV. He needs to stop watching movies. Holy yeah. God. <laughs> um... So, when he arrived at the Zhang residence, he entered the house through the unlocked side entrance that goes into the basement area, but then he found that the door separating that area from the family area was locked. So then he went around to, or he went into the tenant kitchen Mm -hmm. um, and grabbed the knife to try and pry open the door, which I don't even know how that would work. That doesn't make any sense. Didn't work, obviously. Yeah. Um, And sure enough, police did find scratch marks and paint dust on the floor, um, to corroborate this. Yeah. So then he left and discarded the knife in the backyard, tried the patio door, that was locked. Yeah. Um, went to the kitchen window, climbed up on a nearby pipe, because again, this was about yeah. two meters off the floor, off the ground. Um, he pried open the screen and opened the window, as we discussed, um, and entered the house. Climbed his ass in. Yeah. When he entered the house, um, he went up to the second floor, and as he walked down the hall, Cecilia woke up and went into the hallway. She, oh. had, she was wrapped apparently, in a purple towel. Okay. Because, um, again, she normally sleeps naked. Mm-hmm. So here's my trigger warning, because I'm going to describe what he says was the actual abduction. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Thinking that she was about to scream, he ran towards her and grabbed her around the head and neck with his hand over his mouth yeah. to try and stifle the scream. She was apparently struggling very hard, much harder than he would expect from a very petite nine-year-old girl. Nine-year-olds are strong, dude. Yeah, especially when they're in danger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So he tightened his hold around her mouth and neck. He used a towel to cover her head and carried her out of the house. Apparently, she continued to struggle for most of the way while he tried to carry her to his car. By the time he reached the car, he said she'd stopped moving. Yeah. He put her in his trunk and drove some distance away. And then stopped to check on her, but she was unresponsive and not breathing. Because he fucking strangled her the entire way. Yeah. So rather than calling for help, because um, that was an attempt at kidnapping. Yeah. He decided to hide her body by placing it in that ravine. Um, He did say that he intended to bury her, but the ground was too firm and he couldn't do it. So he just left her there. God. He did acknowledge that by holding onto her neck and holding his hand over her mouth and nose, he both smothered and choked her. And he recognizes that this was likely to cause her death, but continued to do so anyway so that he could get away without getting caught. God. So therefore, he pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. In the agreed statement of facts, um, it's, it's stated that the prosecution, quote, does not completely accept this version of events. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do agree that there's no evidence on cause of death. They had no ties between Cecilia and, um, Chen. Yeah. And they couldn't, they just couldn't disprove his version beyond a reasonable doubt, which is what you need for a conviction. Yeah. So they did accept the guilty plea and they did explain because rather than putting him on trial for first degree murder, 
which was the, oh, my aunt's calling. I'll call her back. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I did tell her I was going to be out late-ish. Yeah, I always do this. Um, yes, yeah, so, again, there was not enough evidence to link, um, Chen and Cecilia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have likely been that he would have been convicted for manslaughter rather yeah. than murder. Yeah. Um, Isn't first when it's premeditated? First, yeah, usually it's premeditated, and I think in this case it's because it was in the course of a kidnapping. Okay. Yeah. Right, because he was just intending to kidnap. He wasn't actually intending to kill her. Yeah, I or think... so he says. I can't remember exactly, so take this with a grain of salt, but I think if you cause a death in the course of committing another crime, it could be first degree okay. as well. Okay, okay. Um, which is why they I guess would've... it depends on the level of premeditation and all that. But he obviously didn't even have his shit together if he was just well, like, I'm going to go take her. And that's... Well, I mean, there was premeditation. He just wasn't just very good wasn't at good. it. wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, because he, it was in the course of committing another crime, basically. Right. So, um, like, by pursuing or by letting him plead guilty and accepting that plea to second degree, which usually means, like, unpremeditated, like, spur of the moment kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Firstly, they would have obtained certainty and closure as to what happened to Cecilia and who was responsible. Mm-hmm. Also, the guilty plea would result in a life sentence, which he would have avoided if the verdict was manslaughter. Okay. And also, this is why plea deals happen. You think it's skeezy, but it's really, it's saving time, money, and also the friends and family of the deceased from a terrible Long, because arduous the parents would have had to testify yeah and that's reliving a lot of trauma yeah. that way yeah so um yeah he was convicted of second degree murder and was i think eligible for parole in like 30 years okay um and upon his eventual release he would probably be deported back to china okay because i mean he's here on a student visa anyway right yeah um and it's very likely that he would be prosecuted for the crime in China as well. Jeez. So, life sucks for him, but yeah, he you also know, took I totally a life. Would, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what a stupid fucking, I'm gonna kidnap her and extort money out of her fucking parents, too. Like Yeah, or try. Yeah, so, well, he sucks. Yeah, no, he's He's just, he, like, his lawyer was kind of like, yeah, this was like a dumb harebrained scheme by an unprepared kid. He, he's not a violent person. Yeah. He was just kind of desperate, and rather than looking for legitimate avenues, he was... Get rich to... quick, yeah. scheming, what's the easiest way to get this? Yeah. But what I was going to say was, I'm surprised that, um, I don't know, I, I guess maybe, I, I don't, I obviously don't understand our uh, system terribly well, mm-hmm. like the incarceration system, I should say, but I totally would have thought that they would have deported him and he would have just gone straight to jail in China, but I guess because he committed the crime here, yeah. he will serve the sentence here before they boot him out. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's probably much, much harsher in China. Yeah. So, so he's lucky being here. For the time being. For the time being. Because yeah, I, I don't think there's any way he would be allowed to stay here. Yeah. So. Man. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was an arduous one. Yeah. Yeah, shit. It was rough. Yeah, fuck, man. And, like, I don't know. It's a lot of... Uh, you know what I'm glad that there was a lot to the investigation though that they were able to find that much because like they put together something out of like near well that's what it was well that's what they were hoping on because they cast such a wide net they had no suspect no motive Mm -hmm. nothing they were just like pulling at straws yeah and they managed to find the needle in the haystack yeah so that was you know it was good detective work and also good luck and also you know, a dumb criminal. Oh, yeah. Not but a that's, smooth that's, criminal. That seems to be what, like, you could absolutely count on everything. Yeah. Every single one of these that we've done, it's been, like, it's just somebody who had this grand idea. Yeah. And even if some of the execution was good, a lot of it was just not. Yeah. And, yeah. The, well, the thing is, like, I don't know, we, I, we've probably talked about this before, how crime shows make people kind of think that they know forensics and blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, it's really not. Forensics is a lot more difficult than yeah. the shows are, but yeah. so is getting away with the crime. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Anyway, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That was, that was, it's funny because mine was so short, but yours was so long, so hopefully yeah. that balances out. Kind of. Um, with our 20 minute of, 20 minutes I of know, fucking A. Anyway, so we are on the internet. 
believe it or not. We are on ish, ish. <laughs> Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram at Canada Obscura, all one word. Um, uh, we post all the updates like every new episode, of course, on all three. But if you want like actual updates. Because what the fuck's happening? What the fuck's happening? Like if we have to miss a day or if like if a day's late because it's a long weekend. Um, I've been yeah because like I usually get up to something whatever. Anyway, um, check Twitter. That's <laughs> that's the best avenue to do so. Um, we also have an email, CanadaObscuraPodcast at gmail dot com. Um, send us whatever you like. Yeah. Requests, ghost hiccups, ghost stories, whatever the fuck you want. Um, we are more than well um open to it. Thank you. And on any of the platforms of which you listen, if you can, depending on what it is, like, favorite. favorite. Yeah, I think a lot of most platforms let you favorite so that you can see when a new episode Uh, is uploaded. Yeah. Um, My favorite is Spotify to listen to podcasts. I I know not for you, but for me, Spotify or SoundCloud. But the SoundCloud app is garbage. It's so bad. We're not even on SoundCloud because fuck um, that. Stitcher is nice, too, except yeah. that they took, like, three hours to, not three hours, but they took a while to update their feed for us Yeah. today, so I'm like, Stitcher, why? Uh, I literally just sat there refreshing the page. I have to, we have to, I just, I received very bad news, so yeah. I have, we have to wrap up, but anyway, so thanks for listening, um, take care of yourselves, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm so angry about that. This is an actual piece of flaming hot fucking garbage, and I'm surprised about audacity. It's really quiet.